The Man War Podcast is sponsored by Alt Playground. APG is more than just a place to find couples to swap with. Alt Playground is a lifestyle community for all non-monogamous and sexually adventurous people to connect and share. And you know I started a profile. Join me over at altplayground.net. That's A-L-T playground.net. Now let's get to the show. Welcome to the Man Whore Podcast. Shout out to all the cul-de-sac kings, the mini-mall matriarchs, and to the countess of the food court. This is Billy Presida, and you are listening to the Man Whore Podcast. Yes, it's uh, quite a royal opening because this week on the show, on my pod, I've got on Ah, paper boy prince. It's our time. Yes, Prince of Suburbia, paper boy love prince, YouTube rapper, and congressional candidate. Oh, so excited to finally share them uh, with you here on the show. But first... New place is coming along nicely, folks. New place we are settling in. I, I don't know how many of you have been uh, paying attention on my Instagram stories at Billy is Prasita, but you know, really, this place is coming along. Got a little couch down here now. Got some rugs that come in, tie stuff together. Uh, even got a, even got a glory hole curtain hanging because I just I see potential in this place in this apartment. There's so much room down here. There's oh. I just I think of all the things we could do if it wasn't a pandemic, right? I even uh, even got a new bed frame on the way because Megan and I have not only just properly broken in but have properly broken the current bed frame. So just you know, really, uh, all I need to make this place complete is is to hang for my buddy to come over with his drill and and help me hang Susan Sarandon, and then my place will be lovely and complete. Though I feel like this place needs a bit of a name. I feel like it needs a nickname. And this is more than just a bedroom. This whole fucking place is kind of like a little lair down here. Um, the man whore man cave. I don't know. That sounds cheesy. Maybe y'all can help me come up with something. Let me know. But before we get to this week's guest paper, boy, love, Prince, uh, we're going to hear a little segment from Victoria Redbard. She's a sex coach out in Australia and the founder of the Institute for New Paradigm Intimacy. We recorded a wonderful bonus episode that all of my $5 and up fan whores are going to hear tomorrow. But all of you are going to get to hear a little bit about her today, uh, including her offer to to coach me uh, through my masturbation technique. Apparently for content, but content? Stop it. Cancel me now. Puns are not allowed. Let's go learn some more about Victoria. All right, I'm here right now with sex coach Victoria Redbard from the Institute of New Paradigm Intimacy. A uh, very intriguing name for the Institute. Uh, Victoria and I just uh, recorded a wonderful bonus episode talking about like energy and intimacy and self-pleasure circles. Uh, Victoria, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. Yeah, all the way out in, in Australia. And, uh, you know, you are a, uh, you're a, a sex coach, you're a somatic sexologist, and 
something mm-hmm. that comes up a bit when I talk to, to folks like you is, you know, dating, I feel like is different when you have this type of job, when your job is in the sex world. Um, you know, what, what's been your experience like dating and having to, you know, on that first date go like, you know, yeah, I talk about sex for a living. Sometimes I show my yoni to a circle of people. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, I really have avoided uh, the tenders and the hinge and all those things for that reason. And the only times that I have done like any kind of like dating outside of my my circles, I guess, has just been like, you know, I had one guy that was like, so w- what is it that you do? It's like asked me these questions. It's like, like, is that real? Like, I think he thought I was joking for a lot part of the day. And I was like, oh, okay. I often actually just don't yeah. mention it either because it's just actually super intimidating for men. <laughs> right. Uh, what, what kind of reactions do you typically get from, from dudes? More than they just don't know. Like, they're kind of just like, I feel like that they just feel embarrassed and shy because they don't understand what I'm sharing. And they're just like, <laughs> and then they just feel inadequate. And you're like, you know, the sex isn't going to be good if the man feels inadequate before we even get going. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like, huh. I don't know. I, I wonder, I, w- that's also why I was so curious in the Bones episode about, like, the sensibilities in Australia, for example. Because if you're coming from a really prudent society, like, I can understand there being just, like, shame and embarrassment about the topic coming up. And I don't want to, like, insinuate how the person is in bed because of it. But, like, in America, where, like, we're, we, we couldn't be sluttier in all of our media, like, I think if you're still being shy about sex, you know, you got to get over a bit. And, and then I'm like, uh, maybe the sex isn't going to be so good. Um, do you get different types of reactions from the women uh, that you partake in? Oh, women just open up. And actually, if I'm not on a date, also, men also open up. You know, like people, like, I feel like I'm such a safe space. Like, I'll just be like, you know, on the bus or something and someone will just start sharing with me about their premature ejaculation. I'm like, oh, cool. Like, this is happening. You know, it's like, it's like when you become a safe space for the people to talk about these things, it just occurs in every area of your life is my experience. Right. And, and I get that experience, too, because I think so many people are just longing to hear someone admit that they are comfortable about sex, that they're like, mm-hmm. oh, finally, I can talk to someone because my friends are lame. But like I, my experience has been that sometimes people like misread what I do for work as having no boundaries. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I've definitely had that experience. And people I just have like this assumption that I have like, you know, hundred different men every week, you know, like, it's just like, that's not my reality, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. But, but also like not even just in, in assuming like your sex life, but assuming that like you have the time to hear about their sex life that you want. I mean, like the example about like a guy on the bus telling you about his premature ejaculation. I mean, for me, like I've been in that type of scenario and at the end of it, I want to be like, I uh, thank you for sharing that. And also I want to be like, I don't care. Like, why are you telling me this? I just met you. I don't know you. Like, or it's like, if, I mean, I can care if you pay me, I can care a lot and I will listen. But like, they're, they're just the idea of like, you, that, I think that's like almost inappropriate to just start like dumping stuff on people just because they talk about sex instead of at least like asking like, oh, hey, yeah, I have a hard time with that. Like, you got a few minutes. Like, I just yeah, find that people like have a hard time with boundaries when they're talking to someone who works in the sex industry. Totally. I think it's like that feeling, isn't it, though? Like you said, like it's so repressed in our societies, you know? So it's just like it's just bubbling at the surface and it's just waiting to be shared. So I feel like I, you know, I guess there's like a feeling for me of like, I get it, you know, like there's like a level of compassion and it's just like, 
but yeah, also that same thing of like, yeah, I don't need to hear this right now. I'm definitely just trying to get from A to B, you know. <laughs> but um, yeah, I definitely just feel like I feel like we like we chose this and like there is this experience of like there there needs to be more of us so that that actually doesn't have to happen so often yeah yeah and and you said that women tend to open up a little bit more comfortably on a date than uh than a guy does yeah dating and also just like in life you know they're just like there's uh there's curiosity and i guess there's less need to um, yeah, just like meeting and just feeling the excitement of that, I guess, often was, is what I've experienced in women. Uh, and, I mean, have you ever like been on a date, it wasn't really working out, but by the end of the date you had a new client? <laughs> yes, that has definitely happened. <laughs> <laughs> uh, can, can you tell us about one of those times? Well, it's just pretty common to be like, uh, like people just feel that first, it's like the, the scale, isn't it? First they feel like a bit of intimidation and then, like, it's like you start sharing them and then they you open them up and then there's, like, an excitement that's happening and then all of a sudden you're like, okay, maybe you should just join the course and and it kind of just moves into that that space and, like, and yeah, and then setting them up with other people. Like, I'm really I'm really good at playing Cupid. I would imagine you are too. Um, of just, like, setting people up. I, you know, I've had, like, partners in the past and I've been like, oh, maybe you should, like, uh, date this this student of mine. You know, they, they kind of need to get this transmission, this piece, and I just, like, and I just – and just playing the sort of like little oracle of like, this is what this person needs and this is what this person needs and just put pairing people together. It's quite funny. Mm. Well, so you say transmission, like what I noticed in our previous conversation was a lot, like a lot of buzzwords, a lot of, a lot of keywords like in this world that you're in. So you, you know, you said that uh, you did a self pleasure circle and you started by getting in the middle and doing a transmission. Now, I, I think if there was a video camera there and I saw it, I would be like, that's a lady masturbating in front of a, a circle of people. But you call it something, you know, what you want to tell us a little bit about, you know, what a transmission is? Yeah, I guess I'm just leaving it quite open with what a transmission is, because it could look like a lady in the middle of the circle masturbating or it could just be, you know, a woman crying in the middle of a circle, you know, like it's very open ended to what that could be. Um, and it's just really like, what is, what does the body want in that moment? And how does it want to express itself? And it's like, how much can we let go of the mind to be in the body to allow that to happen? Uh, so, so f- for you, it's not like, okay, we're at, you know, minute 10, I did my introduction. Now I'm going to go in front of everybody. I'm going to, you know, flick one out and then they're going to join for you. It's about, well, I did my intro. Now I'm going to get in the middle and I'm going to have whatever experience I'm going to have and I'm going to let loose an energy. I don't know what that's going to look like. And then hopefully that inspires others. Is, is that more how you experience it? Yeah, definitely. And I mean, and sometimes it does look like, you know, you're getting in the middle and flick one out, you know, it's like, it's like whatever is like, uh, I actually have this experience. It's, it's, it's quite woo woo and magical, but it's like, whatever is actually happening in the room, like kind of on an energetic level actually ends up being what comes through my body. It's almost like, a, it's not like, like, like that empath experience, you know, it's like, Okay, so if there's like a lot of sexual energy being projected on me, then maybe it will turn into a very sexual experience. But, you know, a lot of the time with women, there's just like so many other things going on for them. And mm-hmm. um, and men as well, you know, I've had that experience with men too. And that that could just end up looking like whatever needs to be. And I often find that people just receive whatever they need to receive when they watch whatever I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And it's just like a permission yeah, piece more than anything. Oh, okay. So, so, you know, when you're having these self-pleasure circles, sometimes that might, that could just be someone holding themselves while someone's yeah, flicking exactly. the bean right next to them. But 
Exactly. And I think that's the beauty of sexuality. Like that's how like I think the most beautiful sexual and especially group sexual experiences are. It's like, like, you know, what is like there's for me, like somebody releasing emotion or somebody like having a really passionate experience or really like slow lovemaking experience. It's like they all just seem to weave together. And I feel like people just can ride the energies. Like I've seen people, you know, like one person going into like really heightened states of orgasm or orgasm. And people next to them kind of having like massive like sobbing. And when that person is sobbing, it's like when that person hits orgasm, the sobbing just like hits a crux and then they feel like that release, like like kind of cathartic release inside of their experience. And it's like all the energy is just dissipated from the room. And it's like something's happening with those nervous systems when like that is occurring. Uh, so you also said uh, you offer masturbation coaching. Now, I thought I've been doing it quite well for a, like a while now. And... Uh, what, I guess, what's Can like I be the on next biggest, podcast, maybe? <laughs> uh, what, what, you, you coaching me through masturbation? Look, I'm yeah, you, you're just jacking off for the whole 30, 30 minutes and I'll, and I'll just coach you through it. <laughs> don't, don't joke. I have done almost something like that. Like I, that's fair game to me. Uh, that sounds like I, I'd want, I'd want a video camera too for this one. <laughs> Uh, let's um, let's email about that. That sounds fun and exciting okay. for me. But what what's like a common tip you give uh, for both for either sets of genitalia? What's a common tip you end up giving adult humans who didn't know they were masturbating wrong? Really simple. Breathe. <laughs> like no one's breathing when they're masturbating. It's actually fucked. Like, this is what, like, if you want to extend your orgasm, whether you're a man or a woman, like, you need to learn how to be with your breath and be with the mm. breath as, like, an, having an awareness of what's even happening in your breath when you're going into these heightened states of pleasure. Like, so many people are holding their breath, trying to trap all the energy down into their genitals to try to produce an orgasm. And this is kind of like friction-based pleasure versus, like, full Kundalini awakening, like, that, you know, blows your blows your head off and you have an orgasm. <laughs> and Victoria, do you want to tell us a bit about the Institute of New Paradigm Intimacy? Yeah, so this is uh, the cutting edge um, sexuality, leadership, and business um, course. It's six months long. We've got one for men, one for women. We work with the modality of self pleasure. So we're looking at like how is this? This is like the level two from talk therapy, you know? So you have your talk therapy and then you step into your more embodied therapy. So we teach people how to work with that modality. I find it's useful for all coaches, leaders. It doesn't matter what space you're in. Even if you're in corporate, like there's stuff that you can learn from this and be taken to your life, like just changes everything. It just completely changes the game. It's like you're just harnessing like the rocket fuel of the human body and, and just channeling it into all, any particular space that you're in leadership. So I find that that's really powerful. It's also just like being in a community of people working on their sexuality for six months is just, yeah, phenomenal. You can't even imagine the kind of things that come out of this. But, yeah, if people want to find out more about that, like we've got heaps of like videos and testimonials and all that kind of stuff from all our students that are all just making like six to seven figures now um, and have just had massive transformation in their life. Mm. And uh, and where can they go to learn more about that? Yeah, you can head to victoriaredbud.com or my Instagram, Victoria Redbud, or Facebook, Victoria Redbud. Mm -hmm. And uh, and that's for if you are an aspiring sex coach and you're uh, interested in the Institute. Uh, but they can also go there if they want to uh, book you for either uh, some uh, somatic sexology or sex coaching or the like. <laughs> yes, that's right. You can, um, yeah, you can. I've got like a whole page of support coaches. Um, so they're all like, they're, they're all 
specializing in, in different areas. Oh, fantastic. Uh, Victoria, thanks for chatting with us again. And uh, why don't you go ahead and say goodbye to everybody one last time. No worries. Thank you so much for having me. It's been really fun. Bye. Uh, definitely go check out Victoria Redbard on all the things and all the stuff. And uh, for all of you people who want to hear a bonus episode, you can tune in tomorrow at patreon.com slash podcast. You can hear her bonus episode as well as nearly 200 bonus episodes of the Man Whore Podcast. Yeah, I know I've already given you 344 for free. And there's nearly 200 available to you for just five bucks. What a fucking steal. By the way, all that stuff, you know, we were saying in the beginning where it was like, oh, you know, people who just like dump their fucking baggage on us out of nowhere when they find out, you know, you work in the sex and dating industry. Uh, that does not apply to you, fine folks. If you're listening to this podcast, does not apply to you. That applies to like Jim, a stranger at the blackjack table, or Mary, who I'm sitting next to at a pizza shop. Like, that applies to them, not to you. I love getting and reading and receiving all your your baggage and your strifes and your accomplishments and your sex achievements in my inbox at manwhorepod at gmail.com. And, uh, and I just want to briefly mention a few people who I'm ready to just ugh, take all their baggage. Let's do the fan whore appreciation moment. Okay. This is the part of the podcast where I like to give a few shout outs to members of my fan whore community on Patreon. Uh, these are the folks who, you know, help keep lights on over my head, the Wi-Fi running, and condoms on my cock. So, big old thank you to Robbie Land. Oh, Robbie. Robbie, who binged six years of my life in one year. And that's, Jesus, that's way too much Billy Presida Jr. For anybody, even me, even I think that's an insufferable amount of my voice. So, power to you for powering through and being a Patreon member. Uh, big old thank you to Neil, Pump and Dump Neil. I don't care if you're a member for three days or three years. I'm happy to have you on board when you were. I'll take all those doll hairs and put them to good use. And a big old shout out to Milo, the Milo, the salad dressing king. What a proper time to have your shout out on such an episode when we have Paper Boy, the Prince of Suburbia. We're mentioning, you know, many mall matriarchs, and you're the salad dressing king. May you bestow ranch dressing upon all of your citizens of your kingdom. Uh, thanks for supporting the show on the Patreon. And you, too, can become a member for as little as $2. So you can do that over at patreon.com slash podcast. That's patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash podcast. And now for this week's guest... Ah, paper boy, it's our time. Paper boy, Prince. Paper boy, uh, is a non-binary rapper from Bushwick who ran. It's, it's technically still running, but who ran in the Democratic primary for New York's seventh congressional seat. And yo, paper boy, officially. By the, by the official count, got like 20% of the vote in Bushwick. Like, what? And it wasn't like, oh, Paperboy Prince and whatever their real name is. No, no, no. Like, Paperboy Prince was on the ballot. Fucking love it. Paperboy ran on love. And I think uh, we don't think about love when we think about politics because we hate politics and we don't think politicians truly give a shit about us. 
paperboys out here to uh, to to discredit that myth. Should you ever elect them, um, the the episode starts off with with a good chunk of election talk. I would say that this episode's about first half is is. Um, election and politics talk. In the second half, we're talking about um, gender identity. We're talking about dating. We're talking about abusive relationships. Okay. So this uh, episode's a really well-rounded, well-rounded episode. Well-rounded, like a glory hole in a curtain hanging in my room. Well-rounded. <laughs> um, there is a little echo in this one because it was recorded in my living room where we're still working on the acoustics. Um, and I do think it was funny. I don't think Look, Paperboy was great. I DM'd them uh, like the day after the primary. I wonder if if they just like read the message, saw podcast invite and said, sure. Because uh, like halfway through this thing, you're going to discover that Paperboy Prince of Suburbia maybe doesn't realize that they are on something called the Man Whore Podcast. It's happened like maybe once or twice before where the guest, you know, just says yes, but didn't actually look at what they're on and mwah, love it. Uh, let, let's go chat with uh, the, the person behind bangers such as Quarantine With Me, Hop The Train, Tiger King Queen, and really the summer anthem of 2020, Spreading Love Like a Virus. It's Paperboy Love Prince. Yeah, everyone tries to give me different excuses like, oh, you know, it was a silent majority. If, if but if I, if 32,000 people voted against me on election day, I would feel it when I walk in the street because I'm out in the street often. I would have abuelas and different people <laughs> or like whoever being like, oh, no, no paperboy. It said it's the opposite. Now, maybe everyone is a liar, but if 32,000 people voted against me in my neighborhood, I would know that. You know what I mean? Right. I'm, I'm not. It'd get really other- fucking awkward at the bodega. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, okay, paper boy. It's like, huh? I'm like, what? It doesn't make sense. Also, I went out to the... Um, I went to the uh, polls on election day. You know, I had a bus and we went to all of them. Most of them, half of them, mm-hmm. actually. And um, yeah, it looked empty. Mm. It looked empty. And I was up from like 4 a.m. till polls closed. And it looked empty. And everywhere, and I had, uh, at ones I didn't go to, I had volunteers there that were working them for me. Right. And um, they all were like, <laughs> like, Pretty much everybody we talked to said that they were voting for you. Yeah. Like there was even many people that came up that were like, I'm literally only here to vote for Paperboy. Yeah. Seriously, people were like, Oh, can I tell you about our candidate? And they were like, I just want to know where I can go to vote for, for Paperboy. I swear <laughs> and I'm like, this is my I've, first I time. I know what I'm doing. I'm here. I'm on a mission. Give me a number two pencil. I'm fucking ready. And you know what's funny? And like, this is my first time as a running myself. And so maybe that's how it is for every candidate. Mm-hmm. Maybe inside, you know, my own my own personal bubble. That that's how it feels. Yeah. But I honestly feel it's not like this for every other candidate. And the numbers show it because I got more votes than pretty much any other challenger than pretty much any other challenger. 
It, um, I mean, it's it's an incredible save a few. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's an incredibly impressive like run for someone who ran with like no money, who wasn't like notably in politics already, and going up against a very long term incumbent with with Nidia Velasquez. What made you even want to start running? In the, what made you want to run in the first place? Um. So also let me know when you want to start officially. It's rolling. I just find a spot to fade in. Uh. So it's pro- I'll probably like fade in somewhere in the last okay, minute cool. or so. Cool. It makes yeah. it seem like we were just talking and they get to eavesdrop. <laughs> nice. Nice. Okay, cool. I like it. That's how you like normally do it? Yeah, that's normally how I do it. I just usually like to, when we start or around then, I like to give my personal intro so people know and I yeah. just let them know. Ha, 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 paper. Yeah. It's our time. Yeah, I know I'm probably going to mess up your levels a little bit. That's okay. Funny, that's that's okay. Sometimes, you know. You gotta wake him up. Yeah. So, high <laughs> paper. Yeah. It's our time. One love. It's your boy, Paperboy Prince. Paperboy Love Prince. Paperboy Prince of the Suburbs. Um, I love you so much. Thank you also for having me, uh, here. And, you know, thank you for being here. I can talk for a long time, so I'm not worried Perfect. about that. It's a long form medium. It's yeah, great. so it's, like, it's, good. it's good. And uh, you know, but I did want to stop and just let people know that paperboyprints.com is my website. You can check me out there at paperboytheprince on Instagram. And um, if you can donate, we're talking. Uh, we were where we left off was we were talking about mm-hmm. how we did all this with very little, with no money, mm-hmm. and just a ton of support from the people, not from any of these packs or um groups or anything like that so if you want to volunteer or if you want to help um donate to our campaign you can do that at paperboyprints.com um yeah do that at paperboyprints.com yeah and i'd appreciate that or just reach out to me directly i'll also give out my phone number which is something different that we do my number (laughs) is paper nine twenty three twenty seven. there we go yeah well so the election night was really fun because like i was paying attention looking for like my favorites, you know, Dr. Artie Kravich in, in my hometown, uh, home district, New Jersey 5. I'm looking at Mondaire Jones up in, you know, Westchester and Rockland. I'm looking at Siraj and Lauren Ashcraft. Uh, and then I go, I was like, who even is my rep? And I was like, oh, Nitty of that, what, that's my district, the New York 7th. Okay. I scroll down. I'm like, did anyone, what's going on there? And I see there's only two people. There's Nidia, the incumbent, and then, Someone named Paperboy Prince. Ha, <laughs> paper, yeah. <laughs> With like 20% of the vote, like as they got started. And I was like, what? And, and I'm 20% like, 20% is that's, uh, I hate to say it and, and like this, but that's fake news. It's not even 20%. It's actually like, we actually got closer to one, it should be illegal to declare the amount of votes before. Most of them are counted with the absentee. Like they completely put mm-hmm. no energy in counting to most of the votes to absentee. And then two, they, they cheated me on election day and multiple sources have, have quoted that as well. But sorry to cut you off. No, it's okay. It was just a really like fun discovery to be like, wait, what? Cause I wasn't following, um, you know, and wait, wait. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. You weren't following our election. Let me say this, which is also <laughs> crazy. We're going to talk about it so I can get it out the way at some Go point. For it. We're not going to talk about it right now. We'll get it out the way at some point. But how you weren't following our election, I was fo- right? I was no one was the- following our election. We right. were the only New York City election that didn't have a debate. Mm. No one was following our election. We were the only New York City election that didn't have a debate. And you know what? 
We got more votes than every other, pretty much every other election in New York City. Mm. We got more votes. Our, there were more votes cast in the Paperboy election than AOC. Mm. How? That was on the news every day. How? That doesn't make sense. Part- like, to me, it's just like, <laughs> that doesn't make sense. And when I walk down the street, it's not like everyone's like, like these hardcore incumbent fans mm. that I see all the time. There's probably a lot. There's a lot, a lot, a lot. I respect that, and I know that. It's just yeah. super weird to me. Um, I love that you're, like 25% of your platform was love. For me, love was so important. In fact, when I first decided to run, and I never talked about this, but I'll say it here. When I first decided to run, my whole platform was going to be just love. Mm-hmm. It was going to be just love. I wouldn't... My answer for everything on every issue was going to be love. Mm-hmm. Now... I'm way too researched to let it go like that. I I have to like actually dig in and you have to use the words Medicare for all and things like that. But like, honestly, all the other things in your platform, they are love just like using government speak like Medicare for all is we are all loving and caring for each other. You know, like equal rights is loving and caring for one another. And exactly. And the Medicare that I'm actually looking for healthcare is way more loving than the Mm. one that is giving right now. In fact, I did a protest. We did a protest at Woodhall Hospital, Mm. which is salute to all the workers and everyone. Um, Woodhall Hospital, which is not far from here. Yeah, right. On Flushing in um, Broadway. And it doesn't look like a place where you go to live. Mm -hmm. It It looks like a place where you go to like the opposite of that. Yeah. You know, and that to me isn't love. Like, you know, I feel like even in healthcare and hospitals, they should all be more loving and more positive and everything like that. So, yeah, love was our main, it was a big part of our, it was what made us stand apart. Mm-hmm. And now everybody wants to start talking about love when there were like riots and stuff, right? They're like, oh, we yeah. need to spread love and nonviolence. Then they want to start talking about it, but yeah, when only I, when we're fucking your shit up, is, right? Do you want to talk about love again? You know what I mean. But you when I when I was saying that before, it, it was like, oh, it's a joke. It's not important. It's this mm. and that. Yeah. And it's like, oh, it's really the only answer because a lot of these things, a lot of these issues that people are going through, we don't have an answer for right now. You know, and you have to. And when you're using love first, that allows you to listen to people. That allows you to grow, that allows you to forgive, mm. that allows you to work with others, you know. Um, who are, who are, and, and I see this in your music too. Love is a very common theme. Like, who or what instilled this sense of love in you? I had a lot of situations where I, and I was loved a lot young, but I had a lot of situations where I, had problems with people or I, um, what's the word, was like, you know, depressed or, and I realized that focusing on being happy, focusing Mm -hmm. on love brings more love. Mm -hmm. So I started trying to spread more love to people in my own life, to people around me, people close to me. And it's, it's hard to do, you know, it's not easy. I mean, like people talk about money a lot, like somebody like, Donald Trump, before he was president, one thing he was always talking about is getting money. And then that helped him to 
get that or surround himself with that aura or whatever. Same thing, a lot of rappers, they talk about getting money. For me, love was important to me because I've seen times where I had a lot of money or not a lot of money, but like that didn't automatically make me happy for for every situation. You know, there's that doesn't solve everything. Mm -hmm. It doesn't solve everything. But love is a it's one of the best solutions for everything. Mm -hmm. No one else was talking about love and that left it wide open. How can you do that? How can you leave people and have no love? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You me- you mentioned before when we were like getting started uh, before you know, before the mics were on, you were mentioning how like you've done some like help behind the scenes in politics. You've like helped this person, that person. And then they didn't kind of come out for you when you want you were running. And that also seemed like a one sided love that, you know, this I'm given the love and wait, it's not you're not giving it back. You know, did that did that feel like a betrayal? How did that feel when? You know, you're saying, hey, can you give me this endorsement? I helped with X, Y, and Z. And they're like, nah. You know, it's all love. Yeah. For me personally, like, because everything I did, it wasn't in the intention of getting something back from it in that type Mm -hmm. of transactional way. Yeah. Like, if I want to get something back from doing something for someone, Mm -hmm. which, like, we're all people, like, we still, like, kind of, like, even people who say they're selfless, they still want something out of stuff, right? But my way of thinking of how I get that back is through just the universe yeah. blessing me, mm-hmm. you know? Like, not like this person doing some something for me. You know, I expect basic human decency and respect, but because um, for me, I already, the plan wasn't based on them anyway. Mm-hmm. I was like, if I was helping them, it was more so to learn you know, the plan was based on it. But it's just like you see that, oh, none of them of your are your friends. The politicians, none of them are people mm-hmm. they're they're not your friend. They're not working for you. They're they're rarely working for the people. So um Yeah, I'm it was interesting to see. A lot of yeah. people were afraid to stand next to me or listen to me before mm-hmm. um because of I seem like a weirdo or I'm different or they don't know what I'm gonna do. We could say you're stylish instead of weirdo, right? It's like, <laughs> but they actually. It was because I was weirdo. Because if I was stylish, they would still sit next to me. But I've been at events where they yeah. wouldn't even like let me take pictures with people. Like they would try to like stop people from taking pictures with me right. and like like other politicians. They would act funny and like before. And this was before I kind of like shook things up. You know, it was starting, but they were like all trying to ignore it and hope I just went away. Right. But now, like, when they when they see me coming into the room, it's like, oh, snap. Oh, crap. It's, hey, how's it going? Right. Like, like, you know what I mean? They don't want me as an enemy. A lot of, you know, a lot of them don't want Paperboy as an enemy. Yeah. And, and I don't want to, I've never set myself up to be that way. Right. But people have treated me in a way that, you know, they haven't treated me nicely. Um, and that th- that doesn't sting at all. I think it does a little bit. I because for me, I was expecting, you know, since I spread love, I was expecting more of that. I can't lie; it has been mm. it's been difficult at times, yeah. you know, and it was hurtful. And there was a chip on my shoulder that I was like, you know, we tried to reach out to a lot of people, and and they didn't want to support. They didn't want to take us seriously. 
all of these things and it it was like but i feel like everything that you're saying that you stand for how am i not all of that and more how are not our like yeah. people talk about diversity or whatever they want to say or like they li- how do they i wanna- get more diverse than this I'm but a no. black non-binary YouTube rapper. Like I'm pretty fucking diverse here, <laughs> and I'm all about love. Like, what's there to hate here? But you know what? And I wasn't even. But thank you. And you know what? I wasn't even going to say about me. I was going to say that if you look at my events or my my events before coronavirus, right? It doesn't get more diverse than that. Like it's literally all people. Mm-hmm. All people, old people, young people, black people, white people, Asian people, Hispanic people, gay people, straight people, trans people, short people. Don't forget about the short people. (laughs) The the short kings of the world appreciate that shout out. Disabled people, foreign people, immigrants, Mm -hmm. all people, students. All people, different languages, all, and it's just like, what? It doesn't make sense. It's 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 so real that it doesn't make sense. It's yeah. like, oh, the, anybody else? I'm telling you, they would have to pay. I've I've watched it. They they have to pay. Like, okay, we're gonna put the Asian person here, and then put the woman right there. And all right, yeah. there's yeah. the blacks for he Trump look, sign somewhere. Yeah. We gotta place that guy he within frame. Gay, so we'll put the gay guy here. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I, I'm telling you this because, yeah, yeah. like I said, I've worked with other campaigns before. I've saw it. In yeah. fact, they've, I'm not going to say, but campaigns that I've helped before, I've been there and they've been like, oh, you actually shouldn't stand behind the, you should like not, you should like be off to the side. Yeah. Like now they were like, oh, want, you know, but they were like, oh, you should be off to the side. And it's like, oh, okay. You know, it's all good. Um, But I'm just saying this to say like, yeah. Our stuff, we don't have to have a person like calculating. Okay, yeah, put this person here, this person here, because like, it's already mixed. It's up. already you don't like have that. to. You don't have to conjure it up. We it would just mess is. it up if I. I would mess it up if I tried mm-hmm. to have like a diverse background behind. If it. anything, you're like, can we get just a couple white people right, just right, to right. show I'm safe? Can we throw <laughs> a few in here? <laughs> but when I say diverse, though, I don't yeah. mean, and I don't mean. It's just black people or just Latino people. No, I mean, no, like, I'm just, I'm just teasing, right, right, right. Yeah. No, that's a good joke. That's a good joke. But, and you know, sometimes I might do that. But, <laughs> but, um, because we have a ton of white people too. In fact, that's, if anything, that's been one of the things that I've also been criticized for is that I've have a bunch of, uh, support from white people too. Mm. But it's like, but I'm blacker than everybody else that you've seen <laughs> running and, I got a lot of support from black people, Latino. Yeah. They're like, oh, but the Latino community. I'm like, wait, but one, I'm Latino too. Two, I got as much support in the Latino community as anyone. And when I say I, I mean that as we. Mm-hmm. You know, it's our movement because I am me. Yes, I'm Paperboy Love Prince, but I, what I represent is the people. Mm. And I represent people that are like, different and tired of the same old same old and want something new want something exciting want something that they can believe in you know want to come together want love want fresh ideas mm-hmm. believe in a better community want radical change want someone that's going to fight for them like because they want to fight like you know yeah. want someone that's going to put it out in a way that's easy for them to understand but also it's like not sugarcoating anything like this is what we represent in mm-hmm. a very real way and people feel that yeah. um so 
that's why I'm super excited to fight. And like, you know, even now still, there's a lot of people that didn't believe. Again, I said before we were cheated out of the election. They said I got 20% when there's no way that I got 20%. I, I, I would have got 20% if I didn't do anything. Mm. We got over 40% easily. I believe we won. Okay. I honestly believe we won. There's no way that we didn't win. How? How do you triple the normal amount of votes you get? If two years ago you get 9,000 votes, mm-hmm. which is less than I got this year. If two <laughs> years ago you got less votes than me. Mm-hmm. All right. This year it's an election year. It's presidential. So it, more people yeah. will come out. You can argue that. But if on the last election year, the first Trump one, mm-hmm. you got... 8,000 votes, which was less votes than I got this time. (laughs) How? How do you triple that? Almost quadruple it and get 32,000 votes before they even count the 70,000 absentee vote. And even with that, though, is there still love in your heart for Nydia Velasquez? Oh, I don't have a problem with any... um, I never not loved anyone. In fact, I don't have an oppo- oppo- any opponents. No, I was just curious. Well, I I'm, mean, I'm just know. talking about like they yeah. when I and when I say they cheated me, they didn't yeah. cheat me. It's sad because they cheated. Oh, this is why I was trying to record this. They're sad because they cheated. Um, they cheated the people. Mm. Well, I just think the American people deserve for like you to be in D.C. doing TikToks with AOC. That's just what I think America deserved. AOC followed me right after. The election to be I bet you no mind you she oh, my glasses no mind you she I'm sure she knew about what we were doing and um because I have a lot of support in her district mm-hmm. I'm curious uh, also more about but you know what's crazy yeah. as someone who ran as a challenger I didn't have a particular big issue with the rep for sure. me it's about the people right mm-hmm. and I think the people just deserve much better mm-hmm. it's not like that anyone is bad I just think that they like deserve better like over time I also I'm a huge proponent of um, like, term limits for United States Congress mm-hmm. I don't think that you should be able to serve in Congress for uh, you know mm. multiple decades that just doesn't feel right that means to break it down to people how I break it down to people like this if Donald Trump ran for Congress, he would be in there for 50 years. <laughs> there are multiple Donald Trumps in Congress mm-hmm. right now. Definitely. Male, female, black, white, Latina. There's a lot of people in Congress who don't have love in their hearts who just get to stay there. Yeah. And that's that. So that's just goes with term limits in general. It's mm-hmm. like, you know. Makes a lot of sense. Like you can still give somebody twelve years; they can still serve for twelve years, which mm. is a long time. It's a long time. Yeah, that's a good amount of time. Fifteen years, maybe even. Once you start getting to thirty, it's like okay, that whole dictatorship thing. Uh, you you know what I mean? Like, I mean, I personally, I believe in. I I do. I like that there's a sense of like you can have seniority and like someone who's been in Congress who has you know, uh, a good heart behind him, someone like a John Lewis, you know, at that point being there for so long, you kind of know the system, you know, situations that you were in 20 years ago where you can take something you learned from then and use it now. But if you're not, but if you're not doing the work for the people the whole time, 
you better like we i think having more primary challengers is the healthy part to to combat that here's the issue even with john lewis and r.i.p to john lewis and much love to him Mm. even with john lewis and like the all these type of people who have seniority right the issue is when you become a career politician Mm. you lose touch of what it's like to be an actual person in the community. When you become a professional fighter for the people, you're no longer one of the people. And that takes out the core of what a representative is supposed to be. It should be a representative of what the people are currently, not what they were 30 years ago, Mm. right? Because, and this is something I say, if you haven't had to apply for a job in 10 years, how can you legislate on how people get jobs? Like for me, it just seems like you are... The last person, like to me, I hate to say it, but I would I was saying this while John Lewis was alive, and this isn't to John Lewis. This is to like all of the representatives that have been in there that long. How can you legislate on jobs in 2020 if you haven't had to apply for a job since the 80s? If you haven't had to do a task rabbit task, then like the fuck do you know about working in 2020? <laughs> I couldn't have just, said it better. Right? I couldn't have said it better than that. Um, outside, outside of the the you know politics and outside of like but, what you did, I, I wanna I wanna finish this okay. thought though, which is just that like because it's so important to me because this is how things get mm. get corrupt and this is how we have like this air of why things can't get done mm. because we have people that act like they're gods and they're dictators. The seniority allows for dictatorship type vibes. Mm. Like for people to be like, I have the power to take away all of your da da da. Oh, you want to move up to da da. Like this is what's happening and this is how they're ruling over people and it's not fair. Mm. And the people who suffer are the ones who need their help the most. Like mm. the, the like middle class people who are good They'll they'll be all right, even though the, it still doesn't help them. But like the people who need their help the most, like how can you legislate on jobs if you haven't had to have one? If you haven't had to apply for a job on a website, how can you legislate? How can you be? And this is something I will say about, and that's like, why AOC is able to connect so well because like she was bartending while she was running, like, and so people know that she knows what that struggle is, right? Right, and even then, there's parts where there's like. Where even now she's like a part of the establishment as mm-hmm. being in there for a while as she want AOC 15 years from now. <sighs> you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah. Like, it's, like, like, it's like, that. you see that, what I'm that, saying? The though? hashtags might not seem so cute then like, in like, 15 like, years. Like 15 years from now, I don't want AOC to be my congressperson. I want to, maybe hopefully she's a her senator pre- or her president. <laughs> maybe she's a president. Maybe I would, I would love, you know, yeah. if they, I would be cool with her as president yeah. in 15 years. That would, I would like, if her, yeah. ali- her values and her alignments are still in the same, that would be dope, yeah. you know? Um, like, you see what I'm saying? Yeah, but like, yeah. as a congressperson, like, I don't think people should be sitting in that seat for that long mm. just because, like, you have to like get new experiences, get out. I also yeah. say this, and I was going to say this about Nidia. How can you be like, she's the head of like the small business uh, committee. Okay. And I'm a uh, small business owner and my parents um, have, are entrepreneurs and, you know, their small businesses have helped put me through college, my siblings as well. Mm. I say this to say, 
how can you legislate on small businesses when you never owned a business? Mm-hmm. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> right. At a certain point, it doesn't make sense. Like for me, I'm like, I don't know if this is even a political podcast, so maybe I'm talking. <laughs> I mean, it's not a political. I mean, do you know the name of the podcast? Uh, it's called the Man Whore Podcast. Uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Oh wow! Oof. Yeah, when people Google me in this. It's going to be like, ah, yeah. See, we got them. You, you, and and State Senator Jessica Ramos will just be in such trouble. Uh, she's been on the show. Okay, dope. But, but yeah, no. I mean, well, because what attracted me uh, to to your campaign to asking you to come on was uh, the concept of love uh-huh. and. And, you know who you are and, and what you're doing and you know i was also curious if uh if like your gender identity ended up being like something you had to like over explain on the campaign trail you know would did that ever come up as yeah an did. obstacle it did um we've never had a non-binary congressperson yeah you know it did uh i'm not a big like I say everything with love mm-hmm. as long as it would love. So if somebody calls me like misgenders me or something like that, like if someone sees me wearing something and they're like, Oh, Hey girl, you're looking good. Or if someone sees me and they're like, Oh, Hey dude, you're looking fly. Or like if it's with love, I don't care. Mm-hmm. You're but not, if you're someone's not, yeah. like, Oh, Hey, you little girl. Like if they try to say it in a way that's like, not love then it's just like i have an issue with that or they're trying to put me down or something use it against me that can be any pronoun so i'm like you know my name's paperboy prince so i'm like i prefer if people use that but yeah there were a lot of times where i would like do stories with people and then it would be like this person is all about being non-binary and da da and it's just like mm, that's not what i'm all about like that's a part of me mm. what i'm like but that's that's not what I'm all about. I'm mm. just more so about being yourself. And mm. by doing that, you know, it's confusing to people. They're like, oh, a man shouldn't do this or a woman shouldn't do this. But, but for me, I'm like, okay, well, then I'm not a man or a woman. Right. And what they even have defined as a man is like, what it's does like, that even mean? What is that? What does like, that even mean? Because th- because what we've decided now is that like well, I, ideally what where we're moving is that like having a cock isn't the definition of whether or not you're a man. Okay, cool. Like we're separating sex and gender. I can get behind that. But then I also don't understand like kind of some of the fracturing of gender and then where I lie in that because I've never felt like it's man. A lot of the people that are doing that stuff are confused and are confusing people. Mm-hmm. I think. Um, and it's complex stuff, so it's not an easy job to do as far as like... Well, you know, what was your discovery process that. like? For me, you know, like I would identify as trans hmm. personally. That's how I identify and how I did identify for a while because more so as a way of like, you know, at noon I might feel like a man. At but nine o'clock comes around. I might feel like a woman. Yeah. You know, so for me, that's, and I'm like, and that's a more elevated way of thinking of it. But people are like, no, if you're trans, you have to wear a dress and you have to wear makeup and you have to like present like this all the time and you have to be taking like hormone, you know what I'm saying? And it's like, like, there's rules for this thing too. Right. And for me, I'm like, wait, 
I and I don't want to invalidate anyone that is of trans experience mm. and does do any of these things and right. because I have those are a lot of my friends. Yeah, yeah, the idea isn't like you guys shouldn't be doing that. It's it's that like we should be do you know living this right. experience however you right. need to. Or I don't want to be like be like oh yeah, like I'm saying I'm trans to take away from like people that are like, mm-hmm. you know, but all of my friends that are they like are way more they have a much more evolved view of that of the whole gender expression yeah. than like the people that are trying to like kind of stick up for it kind of you yeah. know what i mean that are kind of like on the outside looking in of it so um but i i feel like people aren't really ready to have that whole conversation in a real way like i feel like a podcast and these types of things are like more ways where people can have this conversation and i'm actually preparing to i'm preparing like a podcast and some um some it type works of, with the alliteration i'm preparing a Paper. paperboy P- prince pa- podcast <laughs> yeah i know right so but i am because you know people are looking to I, I you need the, a long form yeah to actually have these conversations it's not like a short yeah. thing well what was your first uh exposure to Knowing that there were other options or that there were other ways to be. Um, you know, in college, actually, I took a gender and expression class, mm-hmm. a gender and performance class, and it was very, um, eye opening. How so? It was eye opening because, you know, my teacher was probably my most self absorbed pres- professor. Um, was always talking about himself and he was gay and very flamboyant and was not like, didn't seem very, like he was trying to teach us stuff. It would seem like just stuff that he was into. And I was like, and the class was really long too. But I learned so much from that class. And I felt like he was always trying to flirt with me. Which he was, I found out. And, I mean, was it welcome? <laughs> no, it wasn't. <laughs> and then that's terrible. <laughs> but, but, I mean, it's fine. It was, like, casual. Like, people in class were like, I feel like he likes you because he, pick he picks on you so much. Or, like, I would come to class late because I had an internship yeah. before the class. And then um, my friend would be like, his whole demeanor changed when you got into class. Like, it was super funny. But, um... But no, in this class, I learned a lot because it taught me about how it opened my mind to gender as a spectrum mm. um, and the performance of gender in a real way and how nuanced it is. And it's not just like black and white, but it really is a color wheel yeah. um, of it. And, you know... Yeah, so people just need to expand their minds on that. So for me, my whole thing was just like expanding my way of thinking about it. And um, through time, I got to, from learning that, I was able to apply that to my surroundings and what I experienced. And that kind of evolved my views on all of that. And then different people I was hanging out with. You Do you know, remember the first time you you feel like you fucked with gender? 
What like, do you mean? Like you, so you you take this class, you start thinking differently, you start realizing there may be other ways ways that you felt about your gender may have finally been validated by what you got exposed to. Mm-hmm. What was the first time you like decided like I'm not going to present the way people think I should be presenting? Oh, that's a good. Question. I mean, I've phrased the original question right, but you get what I'm I'm going for. Um, yeah, I think when I was a kid. I wanted to go to school in like a Batman costume or like a bunny suit or like some some weird stuff. And my parents kept stopping me because they thought I would like get bullied. Okay. But I'm like, I'm not afraid. They were like stopping me because they thought I was going to get bullied. But I'm like, yo, I'm not afraid. Bully me. What are they going to do? Bully me for being cool? Like in my mind, I'm like, wait. <laughs> They're gonna bully. Like I wanted to like dress up as like Barney and yeah. stuff like this, because I was like, oh, I thought think this would be funny, yeah. right? I was like, oh, I thought this would be funny, or I just thought it would be cool, or like, but like d- more expansive than even just funny. That was just the only word I had for it. Yeah, they're like, oh, you were you- like, these losers want to make fun of me for being the coolest person here, right? I'm like, <laughs> wait, no, I'm gonna be cool. Mm. Like I'm not afraid. So I wasn't afraid, but I learned to be afraid after a while because from like, you know, people trying to stop me from doing that, it's like, oh yeah, you should be afraid. So I learned to be afraid. And then, um, isn't that so fucking sad that we do to children? There's, you had no idea that this was like weird or bad. Like you didn't think that you had to be afraid until people said, oh, we'll make you afraid. Right. You want to wear that dress? We'll make sure you're fucking terrified to wear it ever again. And that's so sad because you're just like, I just want to fucking wear the thing. Right. This makes me happy. And at this point, it wasn't a dress or a gender, whatever. Gender yeah, whatever thing. it is. Yeah, it was but, yeah. just like a weird thing. Um, Just the idea of like children, they come out and they're like pure and then we just fuck them up. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I learned from that. You know, I learned. So from then I wanted to just have no boundaries because for me it's not about gender as much as it's about not having boundaries you know because all of these things become boundaries for us like i when i talk to women or talk to men or talk to non-binary people they all feel like there's things that they can or cannot do because of their gender when i I talk to black people or i talk to white people or i talk to latino people there's all asian people Things they feel like they can or can't do because of their race. And for me, I'm about like just trying not to have boundaries because there are natural boundaries we have just in living life in the world. But trying to find ways past those is what I'm about. Yeah. So there's uh, this Paperboy Prince date. Is there is there someone out there who loves Paperboy Prince? Oh wow! Um, Paperboy Prince loves somebody out there. <laughs> is this thing on? Um, <laughs> do I date? Yeah, I date. I date, but uh, you know what's crazy? Since the whole uh, um, global health crisis, <laughs> <laughs> if I could put it in a really terrifying well, way, well, you know what? The global health crisis has been weird because once that started, a lot of people were hitting me up from the past or like hitting me up. Want to be my quarantine? <laughs> you know, um, but I would say since the whole like politics stuff, I've gotten more into that. I 
it's weird to date because mm-hmm. I'm mainly in my neighborhood or then, you know, when I go outside of my neighborhood and if people like know me within that context, you know, does it feel icky? I would much, it's like mixing work and pleasure, mm-hmm. you know, when it's like now my work is, I was thinking in my head, I was like, now I feel like my, because people message me every day with like issues that are going on in their community and they're like, I don't know how to like do something about this, but like, I know you're a person who does stuff about this. So like, what can I do? You know, um, I am, I feel like I'm customer service for like Bushwick life. yeah <laughs> yeah for like like yeah I feel like I'm like Bushwick customer service for like life though like anything mm. that can happen in life like yeah. anything so <laughs> which is like cool because that's what I want that's what I want and I want to uh, and I'm glad this is happening because I want an efficient way to like deal with it and find the like the best possible way mm. um but Oh, but that being said, it makes dating weird because then I'm like, like someone's coming to the customer service counter and then I'm like, hey, uh, you come here often, you know, <laughs> I, you know, it feels weird to me. So I, now I'm, the dating is, is weird. Yeah. <laughs> well, what do you look for in a, what's like, what's an ideal uh, partner or partners for, for PP? You know? I'm changing whatever I liked before. I'm doing the opposite of that because before it was <laughs> the results have not been um, rewarding. Okay. Well, they haven't been. They could be much better. As the pink glass, as the glasses come on. Yeah, I have to put on the. Pink oh, glasses. I see. I see. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm, We're I'm doing. We got the streaming on. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the ideal partner. Hmm. Or even just some qualities you look for in people, and if the, if you're well, saying I'll those, say this. if oh, you're saying I... those have changed, that's interesting, and I'd be really interested to hear like what did you used to look for, and what are you maybe looking for now? Well, I'll say this: the the people that I had before, I used to like people that were like seemed interesting or like into art, and yeah. I'm like, and the, and I'm like, Ugh. okay, <laughs> no more artists. But yeah, so so what do you so what so no artists for anymore. me with, with dating? It's this right? It's a person that like loves themselves and like wants to build, uh, wants to like build with me, and regardless of like the romantic stuff, still wants to build. Mm-hmm. Like because I've dated a bunch of which what I've learned here's my like evolved views on dating. Right, I've dated people a bunch of people, and I'm sure you have too. Right, my thing is this. I need people who like want to build and be positive and want to spread love and want to be in your life regardless because I've dated a bunch of people, like I'm saying, and you have too, and they might not be in your life anymore. Mm. But friends, there's a lot of friends that are still in your life. You might not talk to them for a little bit. You might have a little issue or something. You know what I mean? Um, but you'll still be in your life. If right. somebody that's like a significant other, things get messed up, then you don't, you're not talking anymore. Mm-hmm. Then you're not friends anymore. You don't want to work together anymore. So for me, I want like just like a loyal person that's there no matter what, you know, and you have to be kind of like mature at that point. Yeah. Um, I feel like most people 
are just way too immature for sex and all of these things. It's just a lot of like heavy emotions come with that. And like spirits and all of these things. And, you know, a lot of people are just trying to cope with issues that they've had, you know? Hmm. Yeah, a lot of people are just trying to cope with issues that they've had. So, and the best way they can do that is through indulging in as much sex as they can. Are you talking about yourself or are you talking about someone you've been with? I'm talking about I know this. you're trying to talk about people, but that very that sounded quite specific and I, I feel like it's either about someone you've been with or you're talking about yourself. Well, I'll talk about myself at at a certain point. Okay. But right now I'm more so talking about our generation. Fair. Um and sex pe- is a really like easy place to go dump a lot of anxiety or nervous feelings or emptiness or all these other things. And I'm so glad you used that word dump yeah. because we dumped, we use sex because that's what I was trying to get at. Yeah. To, We're using to, sex to, to get more specific. As a placeholder. That's what I was trying to get at. Yeah. People use that to dump that on other another person. So mm-hmm. like, I'm having all of this. I'm having all these problems. I'm not happy with life or I am happy with life, but I just want to like release. I'm doing that all on you. I'm putting that on you. <laughs> Here's right? my baggage. Can you hold it for me now? And that's something like I know, like with my girlfriend, like I've got a, I've been thinking about that, how like I'm a spewer instead of a chewer. I listened to a podcast once and the episode was like, are you a spewer or a chewer? I'm like, I'm a fucking spewer. And it's made me have to take pause. Like, why am I, why am I telling this to Megan right now? Am I telling this because I need her help? Am I telling this because I need some feelings validated? Or am I telling this because I feel burdened with my anxiety and I now want someone else to share that? Cause that last one, that's not cool to just give to her and now make her have to feel bad. Cause I also feel bad. Like, Stuff like that, I have to take pause and be like, maybe this isn't something we go and complain to Megan about. And maybe this is something I'll go to a friend about. Right. No. Oh, my goodness. That's such a good point. And, like, maybe you can help me after this because I wanted to shoot a video about that. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I do in relationships. And I talk about maturity, like, that it took me a while to do and recognize when other people need to do was, like, yo, I just need a vent right now. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I I might not be right about this. I might... But is it okay if I vent to you? Or this might not be something that like... Also even- asking, can I vent to right. you? That's something I try to do a lot with, with my girl. I go like, can I? And I always remind her like, you can say no. You can say like, you're not in the headspace. Right. I have other friends and I can go to them too. And it doesn't make you a bad girlfriend because in this moment, you can't receive whatever I need to dump. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Because <laughs> that's what I mean with sex too. People are like, oh, I want this from you right now. You have to like... You have to be able to take, and that's also another thing with relationships. You have to be able to take all of my baggage at any time, at a drop of a hat, when yeah. it's just like, yo, I can be there for you, but that is a lot for me. I so, still can have boundaries, you know, even right. though I care about you. Right. And even for us, you know, I'm, and when I say us, I mean myself, mm. there's times where it can be very easy to do that. And so it takes a lot to, when we're, I'm ha- having a conversation, sometimes I remind myself and I hear like get pushback from someone. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm venting. Is is it okay? I just need to vent right now. Is that okay? I'm like venting right now. And like under the context of that, it's like, okay. And then if somebody doesn't want to v- let you vent, that's okay too, you know? Um, and also when people ask for it or, or like 
telling me a story and like, cause I might give them a whole bunch of advice that they don't want to hear. Right. Right. So I'm like, yo, do you want to vent right now? Or <laughs> do are you, you need advice? advice? Do you need to be, va- there's, right. a, there's a show I listen to called multi-amory. It's like a podcast about like relationships, non-monogamy and such. And they t- have this thing they call the triforce of communication. So you could want T1, T2, T3. And like one of them is I need my emotions validated. I need to say this and I need you to tell me it's going to be okay. That sounds really tough. You know, uh, T2, I think is like relating. Like, do you need someone to relate to you? And T3 is like advice. Like, I'm going to tell you a thing and I need you to help me solve an actual problem in it. And so like bef- in the Facebook group for the, this podcast, like you would say, Hey, I need Triforce too. And then you make this big post. And then now people know how to respond to you. Like, so they know now if you need advice or if you need validation or whatever. Um, and that was mind blowing to me when, when I, you know, learned about it. So like, wow, now I can communicate my needs and I can make sure to communicate me asking for your needs. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So this is why we need people with this type of mindset uh in a relationship because once you're once you've released you're at that point it's hard for you to be mm. in a serious relationship with someone who's not in that point at that mm. point for me so i'm like i need people who are like yo honest about what's happening at all moments wh- whether they're happy sad excited like you have to be able to be like yo i need to to vent or oh i do want advice and not take it out on the other person when they have whatever reaction they have because everyone is going through stuff in their life and it's not even their responsibility all their time all the time to tell you that you know so um how did we get on this uh well we were just getting on like what you were looking for in partners and maturity was something you were looking for and someone who we kind of we blended in it worked it worked i promise (laughs) yeah i'm I'm, i want to get like married and i want to have you know, I want to get married and do all of that stuff and have kids, hopefully. Okay. I want to have an, a, a family that, like, is very futuristic and happy and loving and healthy. And, um, I, you know what? I'll say this. I also feel like New York isn't the place for dating. <laughs> I feel like it's a good place to, like, date. Like, if you just want to, like, date and, like, be entertained and, like, meet interesting people like new york is a great place for that and a lot of people like date as entertainment Mm -hmm. but like if you're dating to like find the one i don't feel like new york is the place for that there's a lot of people here that don't want to settle down that like you said before like have headshots like they want to (laughs) like if they get that big deal for the thing in paris they're going you know what i mean it's a lot of that like there's a lot of people who are like oh so into work that their priority they're married to working 80 hour work weeks Mm -hmm. not to like making a healthy relationship with you happen and building on top of that like you're not in their plans i feel like if you move to like nashville or something you might have a better chance or if you move to like i don't know even philly but like I feel like New York City specifically, and then, oh my goodness, we're going to take it to like Brooklyn. It's just not the place to like date, especially for like young people, I would say from like, and when I say young, I mean like college age to like under 50. Mm -hmm. I don't think you're, and then at that point, over 50, I don't think you're finding, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, like, 
I just feel like New York is tough. New York is a tough I place. Feel like it's, a, it's the toughest place yeah. to like date. And like people are hardcore here. Like they will hurt your feelings and do not care. And like, oh, and we were talking <laughs> yeah. about stuff before. They you won't know. just not care. We'll laugh at you. <laughs> you know, when we were talking about stuff before, you know, mm-hmm. um, I've been in. I've been in some pretty abusive relationships mm-hmm. here. Um, like, you know, where, and I didn't realize it. And I, and I thought I was helping a person, but I was just like in a cycle of abuse for myself. And I stayed in it because I felt like I could take it Mm -hmm. and, you know, having to call the cops and like all this stuff. And, you know, things got racist and like it was like it's you know life got threatened and it's like a lot so for me now like dating is like traumatizing Mm -hmm. in a way it's not as it's hard it's hard. That's what I mean after it's it's really hard, you know, and that makes me sad to hear because you're a person who clearly has so much love that that you want to give. So to go through that sounds and people try to, you know, use it against me, mm-hmm. you know, and try to like use that against me and use their position in my life against me and control me. Mm-hmm. You know, like, it hurts. It hurts a lot. Like, it hurts a lot. Like, you know, I was with someone that was, like, trying to control me. Mm. They liked me because I seemed like a eclectic, different type of person or whatever. And then once they were with me, they wanted to, like, control what I wore, what I did would like just yell at me and like try to put me down and hurt me to make themselves feel better. And then like used abusive tactics to try to keep me with them. And, you know, it's happened multiple times too. Multiple different Partners or multiple times with this person? With this person and with different partners. And, you know, I was able to ignore it and move on. And it's like, oh, wait, now I feel like hurt. You know, I've had people come to me, um, you know, with just crazy stuff, just crazy stuff. So, So now I'm it's allowed me to learn better what it's like for someone to go through all of this and how hard it is to actually get help. Mm -hmm. And, you know, thank God I wasn't living with these people or had kids or like with them or. How'd you get out? How did I get out? I think that's something a lot of people struggle with. People who are stuck in abusive relationships. They're like, I want out, but I don't know how, how'd you get out? 
how did I get out? To be honest, I don't even know if I'm out. Mm. Do you still see the person? I don't see the person anymore, but they still try to have control over me. Mm. You know what I mean? I, like, I, I'm, some, I'm assuming they're like in an industry of some sort to be, you know, able to. N- no, no. Okay. There's other ways that different people have power. Okay. You know, I mean, there's other ways different people have power. You know, if you're a white person, there's ways you can ex- try to exert your power over other people, or if you're just any person, there's things that you can do. Hmm. You know what I mean? Um, why so so this person still interferes um this person still interferes uh a lot of people still interfere mm. they want to control you cuz the main thing is about control so you know, you still have like people that you were with. Sorry, I'm gonna scratch my head. It's you, okay. you still have people that you're with that you were with at one point that still try to insert themselves in your life. And like just hearing from them is just like way too much seeing them. Right. You know what I'm saying? So for me, I'm it's a lot. Definitely. I had an ex who uh we broke up, I introduced them to my sex party community, and then like nine months later. Uh, they turned out to be like one of the most popular people in the community I introduced them to. So it's hard. It's hard. And luckily for me, you know, I've you know, I have my own I'm a happy person and I have a good support system, so I'll be good. Mm. But it's a lot of people that don't make it out of that. And Part of it is consequences of my own actions. You know, I don't want to blame myself, but then it's like, hey, you know, maybe if I was smarter and didn't deal with certain people, or maybe if I got out sooner, or maybe if I, you know, when it's like, I hope you don't believe those things, but I don't because you know, because you know, you know, too, because it's like at a certain point, it's just like, uh, you see red flags and you need to just go. You know, and I've been like stalked. I've been stalked so many times that people don't believe it because they they don't believe that you can be like a a dude and get stalked or uh, sexually assaulted. Exactly. Oh my goodness! And I've <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot. I don't even know how to say it because it's a lot. So, yeah. so, yeah. well, I guess before we, we, before we wrap up, I guess I have one last question, uh, back to your, your favorite topic is, uh, how do you think government, whether Democrats or just the government whole, how do you think they can inject more love into policy? You gotta, <clears throat> paper, yeah, <laughs> you gotta put paper boy on First things first, we got to put Paperboy in office because once they see that, then it'll be very apparent how to do do everything. They already are good at copying me. Yeah. 
and copying what we're doing. But the first thing is putting paperboy prints in the office. And, and do you listening. plan on running again? Oh yeah. Oh, that's right. I didn't tell you about that. Oh yeah, I'm running again. <laughs> Which uh, what office? Same same thing. I'm running for Congress in 2022. All right. There we go. Well, well. Oh, now you're, I, are you about to backtrack it? <laughs> Big announcement. Hold up. Hold up. <laughs> I don't know if I can officially say that. <laughs> I'm thinking about running for for Congress in 2022 mm-hmm. and 2024 and 2026 and 2028 and 2030 until you win. <laughs> well, even when I win, sure. I plan on running after. Mm-hmm. So that's that's just letting people know that I plan to win, and then I'll, after that, I'll still be running. Fantastic. In it. Um, so, yeah. And then there might be some other offices I run for as well, too. So we'll see how the support is. I mean, if people really support, you know, I'd, I'll, I'm i going to do a lot. And um, I got plans for other things, too. When is this coming out? Next week. Okay. So, yeah. Well, then I'll save some of the plans so that, <laughs> so that there's still some. You can spread some of the news breaking. I'll take the he's run. I'll take the like running next time around. Well, well I'll <laughs> say that I may because I don't know if legally. I don't think I can legally say that I am yet because technically I'm actually still Free? running. Oh, I'm still right, running right, right. right now for 2020. Um, and the general election is coming up, so we should be on the ballot for. You're going to be on the ballot uh, in in November. That's the plan. So we gotcha. submitted all, all of our signatures and everything for that. So it should be good. Um, but. And where can people go if they want to support you, whether it's uh, politically, financially, or they they want to, you know, uh, I just want you all to know, by the way, I wrote these down for the beginning, but okay. uh, Paperboy Prince is the artist behind some of these bangers. Uh, Quarantine with me. Yes. Tiger King Queen. Yes. Spreading love like a virus. That's a great one. And so f- so far, I have not gone through the whole catalog yet, but so far my favorite, um, what I think should be Summer Song 2020 is uh, Hop the Train. Hop the Train. Yeah, that's great. That's yeah. great. And then we got new music dropping soon. Save the Earth is mm-hmm. coming out soon. Um and where can people go to be updated on all things Paperboy Prince? Uh, paperboyprince.com is my website. You can go there. There's, uh, you can find all the videos there. But my Instagram is at paperboytheprince. I'm going to start a blog soon, too. That'll be on paperboyprince.com. But mm. at paperboytheprince. Well, um, PP, this was there. this was great. <laughs> I mean, there was something else I was going to say about plans. Oh, we're planning on opening. Like, I'm going to be having, like, I'm planning on, like, doing, like, a store slash community center type vibe thing like pretty soon in brooklyn that should be a pretty big deal so i'm just trying to like finalize that and i've been was so busy with the getting on the ballot for the general election that it made it hard but that's something that we have going on that i'm super excited about that uh again that it's gonna show it's gonna It'll do what it's supposed to do. So, but thank you so much for having me. Thank you for coming on. <laughs> paper. Yeah. I do want to say to anyone that has listened this far that thank you. I love you so much. I appreciate you. And I hope you change the world. And it's not an accident that you're listening right now. And, you know, I hope that this was a blessing to you and that I love you so much. And also, normally I'm not this salty. I felt like I might have been a little salty. <laughs> You know, yeah. If if you, I think anyone would be a little salty if an election was allegedly stolen from them. Okay, cool. Cool. I think so that I'll can be that. forgiven. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Cause... Look, look. There's a guy in the White House who won and is still salty about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I'm. I'm like a little salty. 
like I sound a little salty, but I'm much more like happy and bubbly than that. But yeah. like I kind of want, you know, when I have the chance to talk about the, the the issues and the things, I like to you know let them know. Um, well, paper, thanks for coming here to spread some salt, but mostly love. It's Want, mo- yeah, I, can, I'm, and can, that's the thing. I'm yeah. not salty at all. Like, I'm yeah. so happy. I'm so, so happy. Like, honestly, when I walk down the street, it's like, you'd be surprised. It's right. mad love. Well, could, to, to, to go out on, can we get one last? Ha, <laughs> paper, yeah. It's our time. Thanks again to Paperboy Love Prince, and uh, I I wish them the best of luck in all their future political endeavors, spreading love throughout politics. Uh, Thanks to Paperboy uh, for coming on to the show. Thanks to Victoria Redbard for doing her segment. Uh, Of course, you should be following me on the things and the places. I'm on Twitter at TheBillyPresida. I'm on Instagram at BillyIsPresida. And honestly, look, I don't want to make a big deal of it right now. Maybe we'll make a big deal of it next week, but you can follow my free OnlyFans at OnlyFans.com slash CallMeBilly. Because I I sure ain't no daddy, but you can call me Billy. Also, hey, we have a new code for my sponsor, Promescent. I know we were previously previously saying that the code was uh, manwhore. I guess there was an issue or something there. So there's a new code if you want 15% off any of Permescent's products. Okay, Permescent, the, the dick delay spray that helps you last longer in bed. Look, you get 15% off now with promo code MANW15. That's M-A-N-1-5 at Promescent.com. And if you want to support the podcast with your doll hairs, okay, my Venmo, my Cash App, my PayPal, they're in the show notes. But the best way to do it, the best way to keep this podcast going just the way that it is and oh so much more, the best way to help keep me dedicated to producing sex positive content for you is to become a member of the fan whore community on Patreon. Yep. Uh, And you can become a member for just $2. Only takes two bucks to say thank you. More dollars are great, but just two is enough for me. You can become a member today at patreon.com slash podcast. That's patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash podcast. Oh, gosh, folks, I have just, you know, I've, I'm, I'll be honest with you, because it's the very, very end, and I don't know who's even still listening, but I've had a fucking emotionally draining day. Oh, this is like the last bit of energy I've had left in me. I'm about to roll myself a joint, smoke it up in my little layer and it, you know could you do me a favor because i don't have it in me right now could you on my behalf please stay slutty the man war podcast is sponsored by hotmovies.com try out some ethical paid for porn for free with none of those hidden fees or secret subscriptions when you sign up at hotmovies.com and use the promo code man whore.